but your career blossomed from there. And I think that I'm not just having a mentor, but someone that believes in you and that's willing to encourage you and support your dreams, but allowing you to make a decision when it's time for you. So it's not someone that's telling you what to do, but it's someone encouraging you to continue your journey, regardless of which path it may take. Take control of your career compensation right now. It's your five minute career cat. Hi everyone, and welcome to a special series on career industries that we opted to share with you all as an extension of our podcast on the industry series. If you're looking to break into the HR field or you might be stuck and want to move your HR career forward, we have the perfect guest here for you today. Sharon Dean is an accomplished human capital strategist, educator, and leadership coach with proven experience in leadership and development, equity, inclusion, and cultural awareness. Some of the organizations she's worked with in the past include, as well as currently, the University of Maryland, Baltimore, Goodwill Industries International, American University, BBYO for Jewish Teens, WETA, District of Columbia Public Schools, UMBC Training Center, and Capital One. Sharon possesses a Master's of Science degree in Organizational Management and is a graduate of the Georgetown University Certified Coaching Program. And most important to me, she's been a significant influencer, strategic champion, mentor, coach, and friend for close to two decades. I am blessed and grateful for her constant presence in my life. And I thank her for taking the time to share from her incredible, abundant cup of wisdom with our audience today. Welcome to the Five Minute Career Hack, Sharon. Thank you, Javella. You make me sound way more important than I feel every day, but I truly appreciate it. And as I said before, you are definitely one of my favorite people. So let's get the conversation started. Excellent. I'm, again, I'm so happy that you're here today. And I know we're here to talk about HR. However, I would love for the audience to hear from you specifically, and then I might have a couple added comments, the importance of mentoring over your career. And ultimately, that's how we met. So I'd love for the audience to hear from you just a little bit more about why you believe mentoring is such an important part. So I think, thank you for asking that question. I think mentoring and sometimes people get mentoring and coaching um, combined and they're different. I think mentoring is about personal relationships. It's about relationship building and it can be short term. It can be long term. And in the workplace, you can have a mentor inside your organization and you can have one external. And while we met inside our organization, we worked for the same organization at the time, the relationship expanded outside of that. And I oftentimes tell this story, I was getting ready to do a leadership profile of professional development for women in the workplace in my new organization, a nonprofit. And I called you and you and said, and I told you what I was getting ready to do. And you said, when and how do I get there? You didn't ask any questions. You just showed up. And so someone said, well, she just came I said, it's about the relationship. And I said, one day you're going to get on the plane for me too. So with that being said, mentoring, you don't necessarily have to have a design for it, but you have to have a strategy behind it. And early on when I met you and you asked me to be your mentor and I said, yes, and you were talking about your career and where you wanted to take it, I indicated, can't do it here in, in New Orleans mm -hmm. together to leave. And you listened, but more importantly, you made a decision when it was right for you to take a leap. You relocated yourself to, we don't need to disclose where, right. um, small town, and, but your career blossomed from there. And I think that 
on not just having a mentor, but someone that believes in you and that's willing to encourage you and support your dreams, but allowing you to make a decision when it's time for you. So it's not someone that's telling you what to do, but it's someone encouraging you to continue your journey, regardless of which path it may take. Right. And I, I think you saying that that guidance, not necessarily telling you what to do is so important, but the yeah. guidance. And I think those are some of the vital signs of what a healthy mentoring, coaching relationship can look like. And, and to your point, the relationship, right? The relationship that we built. You taking the time when we were in stores, I guess that was 2007, <laughs> we're in stores and not you took the time to see me first and foremost but you paused and took time to talk with me and, and really get to know me in what was a chaotic environment, right? Yes. A very chaotic environment. And just trying to set the stage for the audience just a little bit to understand that it wasn't, a, it wasn't conducive for a coaching or a mentoring conversation or to get to know someone. It was a high pressured situation, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for yes. those of us that were in stores, but you still pause and took the time to spend with me and show interest in my development. And that was enough for me, at least from my perspective, that was enough for me to be like, okay, hey, would you be interested, right? So I think if the, if, if the audience is listening, my takeaway being a mentee in the situation was to ask, not be afraid to ask. And Jamila, if I could just say, that's the key. You have to be willing to ask. And you did. We saw each other. And, and just so the audience will know, in a retail environment, and it's an active retail, it's not the store is closed or we're right. going to lunch. It was literally in the middle of the day, in the middle of the floor. And your point is, I, I appreciate you saying that I saw you. But more importantly, you saw something in me that made you say, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to ask. And the answer was yes. So you'll never know when someone, what someone's going to say, and you'll never know until you ask. So they'll give you a fast yes or a slow no, but ask. And so you made your choice and then you stayed with your design in terms of where you wanted to take your career. And I was just a catalyst for helping you get there. A huge catalyst, a huge catalyst and connector, huge <laughs> catalyst and connector, because just a little bit more background, um, we were strategically geographically located in the same place at that time. And so when I relocated, I ended up, you know, somewhere else and you were still here and you made a way to connect me with some people that I'm still friends with today. You connected me with people that, so I could have a soft landing yeah. being dropped in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. And so that that's what a good mentoring relationship looks like. Hey, I encourage you. Hey, this is probably what you need to do. Maybe some things to look at. And then once I made the decision, you cultivated uh, an environment before I even showed up. Right. So that I could connect with some people and, and start to have a, a bit of a, a, a sense of home away from home. And that meant a lot of tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. And so that's the relationship, right? That's the relationship. more about uh, knowledge, skill building and co And some mentors can be coaches. I think I can be both because I live in both of those spaces. Uh, however, the coaching, oftentimes when it's done within the workforce, it's sponsored by your supervisor, someone there. And so in some cases, there's a direct link to getting you to the next level, professional development, skill development. And they're looking for an ROI. They're looking for some return on the investment based on them making that investment in you. And with the mentoring, it's more of I'm here for you. I'm like I'm team mentee. 
and, and that's it. There's no dog in the fight for me. If you move to the next level, stay where you are, or just say, I'm out and I'm going to try something completely different. Um, that's the benefit of having one versus the other. Right. So underscore the difference in the two audience that you, you can have one that is looking for some ROI and that's okay. And you need those situations as well, mm -hmm. but then you can have one that's just solely there, like a board of director for you personally, whether you move on or not, or just grow where you are. Um, yeah. So I and an I, important I, designation. Love, I love the term and I've used it before having your own personal board of directors. And so that mentor can be there and there'll be other people on that board, but they're all there for you, which is important when you're building your career. It's very important. That's awesome. And I could literally talk about our story forever, right? And and to your point, because of that investment, because you took the time to see me, yeah, there's probably, as long as I got breath in me, if you pick up the phone and call me that I'm not coming or trying to figure out how to make it happen. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And that's that's how as a mentee, I can pay it forward, you know, whether it's specifically to Sharon or to others in the things that I've learned from you over the years. Pay it forward to some, I, I appreciate the compliment, I truly do. And I would add to that, pay it forward to someone else. Yeah. That's what's going to make me feel, that's what brings me joy, is when I see people stepping into their space and owning it and then paying it forward with someone else. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I know the audience is here to learn how to break into the HR <laughs> career and either if they're stuck, possibly even in their HR career. So before I ask the specific questions about career-wise in HR for the audience, maybe tell us a little bit about the things, the different types of roles that you've done in HR so the audience can get to know you a little bit better. So HR is one of those fields that's forever growing and it encompasses a lot of different areas. You have organizational development, you have what I refer to as operational HR, where you're doing the day-to-day -day transactional things. You have strategic HR. You can have learning and development. Back in the day, it was called training and development. Now it's more, it's framed under learning and development. Um, you can have, oftentimes it's not uncommon for the DEI space, people refer to as diversity, equity, inclusion. I like to think of it equity, inclusion, and belonging is more is equally as important and gets less attention, but the belonging piece is there. So there are different avenues in HR. You can specialize in the talent management piece. You can specialize in the compliance area. So it really depends. And I caution people when they're saying, oh, I want to get in HR because I like people. Great, 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 great. But there's an organizational factor there. And so be clear, I think, in terms of why you're choosing this particular discipline and what's going to bring you joy from that. Great, great point. And so following up to that, what would be three tips for someone that's not currently in HR, right? No experience, maybe no education, certificates or anything. What would be three tips to begin that process to start breaking into HR? What would be your top three tips? Top three tips. If you're in the workforce, then see if you can get a job uh, or move your department so that you're in that space. Recruiting is probably a great place to start because then you are engaging with various people in the organization across the organization and you're developing a name and a brand for yourself. Your interpersonal skills are growing or you're developing interpersonal skills. But there's also a component around timeliness and time management. So Recruiting is its own, uh, as we say lovingly in HR, is its own beast. And so it's not for the faint at heart. You'll find a candidate and you're like, this is the one. And you'll get them to the door and they're like, eh, took another job. 
And so it happens. So you need to be able to have what I'm going to call the um, <clears throat> skills that or an aptitude that you're not going to give up, that you're going to. And it's not about you. It's about what the hiring manager is looking for. And it's not so much about what they're saying, but it's also about what they're not saying. And that will be the same thing on the side for the candidate that you're talking to or the potential candidate. I think another thing that I would say is if you're looking to go into HR, be clear where you want to be in the next two to three years, mm -hmm. because depending on the type of organization, there are a lot of ladders that you may have to um, climb up in order to get there. And if you're not willing to put in the time and invest your energy in that, then it's not going to work. Uh, oftentimes people, when they say, oh, I love HR because it's, it's about the people. And I remind people that HR is not social work. Right. You're not social workers. There's a strategy here that's designed to support the organization, take them from where they are to where they need to be. And if you're not in line with that work, then that may not be the right place for you to do your HRing. Think of someplace else to do it. Or think of something else that you can do that has that look and feel. If you like recruiting, you don't necessarily have to do it for an organization. You can be your, your own search firm which is great. There's another way to go. If you like project management, you don't have to do it in an organization. You can work for a consulting firm that has a broad scope of skills that they offer clients and project management may be one of them. That's your sweet spot. So I would say persons that are thinking about a career in HR, be able to ask yourself and answer the question, why? And what about this work is going to bring me joy? I think that's such a great point. I, I tell people all the time, I have an operations and merchandising background from a career standpoint, but mm -hmm. I didn't like everything about operations and merchandising. There were yeah. components of it that I really enjoyed. And oftentimes when I started to see the things that I enjoyed most kind of diminish in my role, go under mm -hmm. maybe 50%, I started to not enjoy the role as much. Mm -hmm. And so understanding everything about it and what you specifically enjoy is such a great point, such a great tip for those looking to get into HR. Now, how about we talk a little bit about those that are maybe stuck, maybe stuck in HR, maybe gotten typecast in a specific type of role in HR. What would be a couple suggestions that you could offer those that are already in the field with some background, with some experience? So if you're working in that space right now and you're trying to move to the next level, um, start thinking about personal branding. You know what? Uh, maybe that's the time for you to have a mentor. Or, and, and it's not even a mentor. There's another word out there. It's like a sponsor. Right. Find someone in the organization that's going to sponsor you so that they can put your name in the room when they're in the room. Mm -hmm. If you're a Hamilton fan, it's like, yes, there was true meaning behind be in the room where it's happening. You can't be in the room, but your sponsor is in the room and they could say, you know what, if you're looking for someone to lead this project, I think Jamila would be a great person because she can do blah, 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 blah. So that puts you in that space. And then you get to start to develop your own brand and make yourself a known quantity for them. And they'll come back looking for you over and over again. So the next time a position opens up, they're thinking about Jamila because they've seen you and they've seen what you, they've seen what you can do when you're in a different space. I think that's good. I think a lot of people forget that there are conversations happening that you're not a part of. I, I don't know if that's our ego or what <laughs> we think we hear everything, right? Or we're a part of every conversation and that's just yeah. simply not true. No. There are conversations happening 
that you're not a part of. And to your point, building that brand to where someone is willing to say your name in another room as a sponsor or a champion, whatever you prefer to call it, that's, that's ultimately, if you're feeling stuck, that is ultimately the way to get unstuck, if you will. Yes. And sometimes it, it can be your boss, but sometimes it's better if it's your boss's boss or if it's a senior level in a different department, because now they're seeing you through a different set of eyes. If you work in HR, are you friends with your CFO? Mm. You work in H- if you work in HR, do you have a relationship with your chief operating officer? Or, or someone in their organization that has their ear. Yes. Yeah. But I want it to be them because hey. they're in the meeting. They are in the meeting when they're talking about strategy. I had a coaching client with Capital One and we were talking about concrete measurable results and, you know, how you how you talk about them, how you write them out and then how you promote them. And people and women, especially we did. We did. It's like, no. It's not about what we did. It's about what you did. She's on the strategy team for the CEO of this organization. Mm -hmm. My question to her was, does he know your name? Mm. She said, yes, there are only seven of us on the team. I said, well, there you have it. Seven people, you're down here thinking that you're a little minor player you sit on the strategy team for the CEO of a multi-billion dollar organization. He can pick you out in the room. Mm. So when you talk about that concrete measurable result, talk about how it impacts his work and how it's going to make his life easier. And more importantly, since you're in a financial organization, how it's going to impact the bottom line. Let's get back to that bottom line, which is what drives decision making. Yeah. I could think it's favoritism sometimes, but at the end of the day, they've got someone to report to, especially if they're publicly traded. Yes, yes. So that so it made a big difference for her. It made a big difference for her in terms of even how she was seeing herself. It's like, well, I'm like, no, you're a player. You're a player. So on the HR side, um, don't just, there was a time when HR was referred to as the I think they call it the pink coffin because it's all women that went there and it's all touchy feelings. Like, no, there's a business component. Business acumen is important. And so if you understand the business and who the business supports and how you can take it to the next level, then start telling your story and building a personal brand is important. I think I want to underscore just in case you missed that business acumen part. That's important. I don't care what role you're in, but especially in HR, your business acumen is extremely important to be able to have those type of strategic conversations, regardless if you're a recruiter, senior manager, whatever that might be. It's going to be extremely important, extremely important. I I thank you for dropping that nugget for those. I could, we could probably do a whole nother interview just on that alone, right? But we're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving. My next question for you because you've navigated, and if it, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been coast to coast, north, <laughs> south, east, west, right, in your career. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've successfully navigated this profession for a while. Mm-hmm. What have been, like, if you could just share one thing that you feel like was 
integral in your success over the, over, just to have such longevity in the space? What would be that one thing? Wow, um, that one thing. That you look back on and you're like, that was, that was important. Because I know the, what me having this conversation with you was that one thing, that one I think conversation that, for me. So I don't know if there's one thing that I can think of off the top of my head right now. I do know at one point I was intentional about just moving for my career. And then I made a decision that I wanted to move for self. Um, where did I want to end up in terms of my landing place and, and my personal life? And I tried over the years to create and retain good relationships. And so when I made the move from Atlanta to D.C., the relationship that I established with someone in my previous life was what got me here and just stepping out on faith. And I think that Sometimes we minimize that. And it doesn't say that it's always going to be um, an easy journey. But when I moved from Atlanta to D.C., I reached back to my Atlanta roots and found someone that knew someone in D.C. that then made a connection to resulting in me getting my first job here. Wow. So I guess that that one thing would be relationships relationships, the power of relationships and ultimately why we are here, you know, in different time zones, connecting and sharing with the audience today, relationships. I think that is the perfect word because you leverage those. And and I'm so thankful that you taught me the power of relationships. Uh, Some of the people that you pointed to when I I made that first initial move are Mm -hmm. people that Again, still friends. Keyshawn, still friends to this day. Uh, Cole Brown, still an incredible mentor and champion for me. Great. All are people that you pointed to, right? And connected me with as Mm -hmm. a part of our relationship that turned into even bigger relationships. That's why I said the moment we had in stores in 2007 was the moment for me because if I I just have the conversation and I don't ask Mm -hmm. and then don't follow through, right? I took action on the things that you mentioned and then kept in touch. And then when you said, Hey, reach out to this person, reach out to that person, connect with this person, connect. I just, I just trusted. And I did it. You did. You followed through. Good for you. So the power of relationship, I think that's incredible, man. And I, I'm, I'm thinking that we may have to get back together and do this again. (laughs) I really am because it is such an incredible, to your point, you've been able to share, some of mm-hmm. our relationship with others as well and the power of it. I think that sometimes uh, we want to get 100% qualified for jobs, right? Check all the boxes before we make a move. I think sometimes we, there's fear, there's doubt. And I think sometimes we forget this part of the yeah. job as well. And because yeah. we not once did we mention, oh, Jamila has a degree in this or Jamila uh, has experience doing that. We didn't mention that one time, mm-hmm. not one time. We talked about the relationship. We talked about the mentoring. We talked about me taking action. We talked about asking. Those are the things. And th- that really doesn't have any, anything to do with my resume or my credentials or qualifications. You're so, you're so crystal with that. You're so clear. You didn't show up with your resume on your t-shirt or your shirt that day. Um, and so it's a connection. And I think that 
we oftentimes lose that. And, and, and when you asked me the question, I was like, oh, I don't know one word. But then the one word came. And so you're right. It's about the relationship. And if they're legitimate, they will stand the test of time. Truly, truly. Because we don't get to talk nearly as much, but I'm so happy that we we got the opportunity to do this today because I know there was something in what you said today that will resonate with someone and change their life the way it changed my life the day you imparted wisdom in me. So oh, I appreciate you. you taking the time uh, today to share. And I've got, as we wrap up today, and we like to wrap up most of our interviews, I've got one final thing that I'd love for you to share with everyone. And it's your final five words. What would you offer the audience in your final five words of this interview? Uh, my final five words is uh, I'm a catalyst for change. That's powerful. That's powerful. And you can, if you're listening, you can take that in a million different directions, but notice the key for the key word for me was I, mm -hmm. right? It's affirmative. It's right now. It's actionable, not in the future. Like right now it's present. So that was my keyword inside of your final five words. Well, thank you. Final. Thank you so much. Excellent. Excellent. So I, I really appreciate you. Thank you so, so much, Sharon, for sharing so much. I'm so blessed that you saw me in storage back in 2007. And more importantly, that you stopped. I, I can't say it enough. This time that you spent with me that day and since, I'm so incredibly grateful for. I'm blessed. I'm honored. I'm honored that you've chosen to pour out and, and stay connected with me for over two decades. It, it just warms my heart to be here with you today. So thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. Um, and, and that's a wrap. That's a wrap for us. So everyone, be sure to subscribe, like, comment below. And if you have any questions or if you want to get connected with Sharon, we'll definitely put her information in the description for this episode an interview, and we'll be sure to answer any questions that you have. So until next time, thank you, Sharon. Appreciate you. you so much. And I love you and I'll see you all soon. Now the five minute career hack, we call this hacking. Look at you, you just did it. And you don't have to stop here. Take one step every week and ensure that you are pouring into you and getting closer to your career goals. Yep, you see that button down there? hit subscribe, but don't stop there because you know what they say, sharing is caring. So take five and we'll see you next week.